Avengers! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined, as always, by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. How are you doing? Excelsior, Christian. Just started a MCU rewatch Hell for yeah. the umpteenth time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been it's been going good. I made it through the Avengers, so phase one complete. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a whole new ranking, a re-ranking, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I'm excited. Iron Man 3 next. How about you? I know you started a rather unusual MCU rewatch. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because a couple nights ago I was hanging out with my girlfriend, who's also a huge Marvel fan, and the last time I watched the MCU was leading up to Endgame for this show, right? Um, and I also did that the year before for Infinity War, so I did it in 2018, 2019. I didn't do it last year, and it felt wrong, so I'm doing so- it. And like you mentioned, with a twist, we're doing it in timeline order. So um, I've already watched Captain America, the first Avenger and Captain Marvel. So wow. you'll have to let me know how that goes, because mm-hmm. I feel like with Star Wars, that works in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't heard a lot of people do the timeline order with the MCU. So I'd be interested to see how that works out. It seems like at a certain point, it will just sort of be the run of it mm-hmm. um but there there are some ones that take place at weirder times so I, i'm interested to see how that concludes yeah and watching captain marvel right after captain america i'll say this uh that feels like it should have been a movie that came out in like 2008 <laughs> <laughs> i can see why you say that yeah um and i feel like that probably would have made some of the like criticisms people have a little less valid of like she just shows up but like you know what can you do um, this week, though, for March 6th, we will, of course, be going over everything involving Marvel's Avengers this week. We got some interesting stuff to sort through regarding the future of the game, as well as, of course, our finale thoughts, spoiler-filled, of WandaVision in the later half of this episode, and some interesting tidbits about what's going on with the MCU on the movie side moving forward, but... Before all of that, we're going to start the show as we normally do with Fury's Report. This week, if you want to pop into Avengers, your low power level mission is Enter the Avengers. Uh, Your high power level mission is In Honor's Name. The Harm Room Challenge will net you Avengers number 122 from 1963. And uh, honestly, you might want to get into the game this week. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if you're trailing behind. But um, any, any standouts... For you, Jack, uh, when it comes to the marketplace for the week, because they've continued this trend of being pretty solid and uh, having some comic accurate skins week over week at this point, you know, it took them a little bit to get there, but the past like a month and a half, it's been pretty solid. Yeah, so I think there are t- two to three like standout uh, costumes in the marketplace this week. First up is the Black Widow one, where she's wearing like the black and red sort of top sleeveless um has like sort of boxing gloves or mma gloves in a way Mm -hmm. on um has like these weird uh visor goggles and very bright like orange striped pants as well um Mm -hmm. not the biggest fan of that one Uh, it looks like a laser tag outfit wow yeah (laughs) sure does (laughs) that's really good uh then there's an iron man one which is um like has a black base and it has 
some orangish accents. Not my favorite either. Um, mm-hmm. It's skinny Iron Man. I like that vibe to that suit, but nothing I would actually buy. Yeah. Um, and then I think the best one of this one is the most recent uh, Kamala skin, um, which I believe it's called the Karachi outfit mm-hmm. for Ms. Marvel. Um, she's wearing like a, a headdress. Um, she has like sort of a blue uh, I dress-ish on mm-hmm. uh, sandals as well. It's like blue and orange vibes to it. Um, really cool. I think we were talking last week that uh, Kamala really hasn't had too many skins drop for her that were noteworthy. And I think this is one of the better skins that has dropped for any character, really. So this is really nice to see for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Apparently, the subreddit was... Because I'm not super familiar with Ms. Marvel comics, but um, the subreddit was saying, like, oh, it's another comic accurate one. It's one she wore very briefly when she first got her powers. So always cool to see those. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's like these characters getting through their rotations of who's getting the spotlight... It feels good. I, I'm just greedy. I know I want another Thor one. I got my unworthy skin, you know? Like, I just want one more, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool to see. And I, I think on the War Table blog, actually, they said, like, um, we have two brand new skins for our women heroes, so I'm wondering if that's in, like, pairing up with Women's History Month. Maybe that's why they've led with them this week. Don't know. Possibly. This, this is definitely... Her skin is definitely a good inclusion for representation Mm -hmm. um because i think ms marvel is a very important character in marvel now especially through this game i think it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes uh to who she is and her identity and um this skin definitely harkens back to that so yeah good on good on the game for including this Mm -hmm. um i was very i was actually playing today uh and we'll get into why i was playing today Uh and i was playing as ms marvel and i was very very tempted to buy this so i might do that yeah, it's a very cool skin. Uh, currently, I, I think I have her with the... Um, I love this, too, because she is, like, the fangirl, how she got all the different, like, tracksuit skins for everybody. Like, there's the Iron right. Man tracksuit, the Widow one. Like, Because I, I gave her the Cap one, so, like, front and center on that homepage. It's just her next to Cap, and they're both wearing, like... Obviously, Cap's in his Cap outfit, but she's in, like, the the jumpsuit version of it, so I think that's very fun. But you love to see it. Uh, I also pulled that the War Table blog made note that quote will also be providing more information on the ability to replay the reassemble campaign and updates to the harm room in the very near future yeah this strikes strikes me as after uh march 18th probably um would have loved that ability to replay the campaign for when the next gen version comes out Mm -hmm. i think that would have made a hell of a lot of sense but it doesn't seem like that's the case if it was i think they would have just said that hey also we've been working on this turns out it's finished um it's gonna be ready in time for you to replay it on next gen yeah so uh maybe that'll be another content drop for us in like april or something who's to say at this point but uh over the past week though there was another patch patch 1.4.2 b that's the first time i've ever seen a patch denoted with like a letter as well um yeah same it was posted on March 2nd, and it had a couple fixes. I guess there was some bug with, like, Iron Man's battery and missile stuff in the UI. That's fixed, and a couple other minor things, you know? Like, I feel like we haven't had a major patch for the game in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. But 
worth noting when we do get them. But we alluded to it already, Jack. We're going into stark realities right now because over the past week, um, a couple days ago, Crystal posted on Twitter, or the Marvel Avengers uh, Twitter account, Play Avengers, posted that very soon, on March 18th, there are going to be some pretty drastic changes to leveling your characters, XP progression, and cosmetic drops. Um, immediately when you saw this, what did you think? Like, do you think that this might be a good thing, or do you think it might be something to worry about? We'll get to the details in a second, but like, what was your raw reaction to seeing this? Yeah, so we were actually texting back and forth. You sent this to me, and I think I was about to do something, and I skimmed through it. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was like, oh, that seems like a fine change. The way they described it um, made it seem totally fine, especially with the cosmetic drop. Mm-hmm. Um, but after sitting with it and reading more into it, uh, it's it's a, we get a very good and bad update through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the XP grind for leveling up your characters to level one or level 50 rather um which is like the skill-based uh leveling is going to take longer starting at level 25 um and the cosmetic changes which is the good thing um will be basically making cosmetic items appear less randomly um in the way that crystal dynamics described it was that players would have more choice in uh seeking out cosmetics rather than just them randomly appearing in boxes or at the cosmetic vendor yeah so let's talk about the leveling first um so you you basically you mentioned that um they're changing it so as soon as you hit level 25 it's going to become much like there's going to be a curve then because in the in the blog post detailing this change they did say like hey our diff- our scaling curve isn't really a curve right now it's completely straight like <laughs> you progressively get higher ex- or higher xp rewards the more you play the game but as you're playing and as you're ga- gaining levels there's no increase in xp like you've been playing pokemon at this point jack you know the higher level you get the more xp you need right <laughs> yeah yeah it's it so let's say, like, this is not accurate. I'm just going to throw out an example. Let's say that from level 1 to level 2, you need 10,000 XP. Mm-hmm. That's consistent across each level. So from 49 to 50, you also need 10,000. Um, so there's no there's no change in that. You just progressively level the same way you were doing from level 1 to level 50. Yes. And moving forward, that's what they're changing. And I think it's right. also worth noting... Because I've noticed this for sure, and my, my friends notice this too, like, and I'm sure you have, because you have many people at level 50. Um, mm. There's a bug where the more people, the more characters and heroes you have at level 50, if you're leveling a new character, you will be level 50 before you know it. <laughs> like, there's some bug that, like, is based on your pool of characters that if they're higher level, if they're maxed level it's even faster to burn through for some reason. Hmm. I actually don't think I realized that. Um, but we've discussed previously that if you just hop in the harm room and play through a few harms and throw on a podcast, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like an hour-ish, maybe a little bit more to get a character from base level to level 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I gotta be honest, I don't think that was a problem. And... <laughs> I don't think anyone else thought that was a problem. 
Um, I I actually had to write about this for a website I write for, the Direct, mm-hmm. and I was a little baffled by this decision. And I was essentially saying, like, I'm not sure why this was the priority, um, where if they wanted to fix a system, a system that needs fixing is the grind to 150, uh, power level 150, I should say. Because uh, that's, that's completely based on random gear drops and uh, harnessing enough materials to actually uh, level up your gear that you probably sometimes don't even want to be uh, leveled up all the way. You just want to get to 150, so you just use those upgrades on a piece of gear that you probably don't even want uh, mm-hmm. to get it that way. And that's a system that ne- that ne- necessitates uh, a change. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, I, I really don't think does. I don't think anyone thought that. They're, it seems like they're adding a grind uh, to get characters to level 50 that just that they don't that grind is just unnecessary yeah and i I agree with you that the power leveling needs some work like destiny's power like there's power power like basically figuring out how much you should be gaining based on how much you're putting in and avengers doesn't feel like when i play avengers it feels like i'm all over the place on when i'm actually gaining power levels um but i think to fix that i think they need to just completely do that gear 2.0 thing. I think there are deep-seated issues with the way gear works that, like, making the current system have a better progression is a waste of time if they're just going to be scrapping this entire system and making a new system that's better and more meaningful, you know? Yeah. Um. This just kind of came out of left field. Yeah. And... It caught me and a lot. I think us and a lot of other people off guard. Where, like, there are some real issues with this game, and getting to level fifty was not the issue. Yeah, and a lot of people have pointed out that this is a deterrent for returning players as well as new players because the fact that they're making this a challenge where it wasn't before. Also, we don't even know what that will look like, um, but right now it seems like this will be more of a challenge like it might still be easy to get to level 50 might take a little bit longer but who knows it could take significantly longer we don't know um Mm -hmm. but it's just another barrier for getting players back into this game and they already have such a low player count where it's like why would you do this you're kind of just kicking yourself in the foot at this point um where this is getting to a point where you're making it harder for people to actually engage with this game yeah, and that's the interesting part because in the blog post they cited that this decision is meant to minimize confusion and make it less overwhelming for new players because currently how it works, and again, you really would only have this accelerated growth, in my opinion, based on my experience with the game, after you already have a character at 150. Um, sorry, at power 50, what, uh, at level 50. <laughs> right. Um so, like, you would have gone through that standard progression at a solid pace that they probably want all the characters to feel like. Because it took me a while to get to 50 as Thor. Like, it took me a little bit. Um, and that felt normal, but everybody else was absolutely faster. So they're citing that, like, because of how fast you are in skill points, it's it's less meaningful. Players might not be able to see the the value of those skills you're redeeming, which, like, I can understand that, but... 
again, you're only running into this issue if you've already had a character at level 50, and that standard first round progression, I think, is enough to show you how varied these skill points can be, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I did my learning and I took my notes leveling Thor, knowing how drastically different some of the skills can make the character feel. So I take that knowledge and I put it onto Kate. It's like, okay, well, I know that these are going to be different. I'm just unlocking them faster. I can mess with them and then I'll pick which ones I want, you know? Yeah. There's there's a couple things that I understand why they implemented this change. I do get um, the confusion. I don't necessarily agree with it. There mm-hmm. are points where I've played through a hive or a longer mission and come out with like six skill points. And I'm like, <laughs> geez, dude. I Because the point of these games, and they, they cite RPGs, which this has RPG elements. This isn't an RPG, but I understand why they, they said that. Um, you get a new skill, you learn with it, and you grow with it, and then you get a new one, and you learn and grow with that one, and right. you just progress on and on. Um, but, yeah, this this seems completely unnecessary, and I think this probably should have been, and now they're realizing the system at launch, um, but having this game out for six months and this just being the standard, it's just bizarre that they decided uh, to implement this change. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Christian, do you want to do you want to talk about your theory that you proposed of, of sure. why they're doing this? So why you think they're doing this? I'll I'll lead with this. Like I I think again, shocker. Look looking at the history of Destiny. Um, I, I feel like if you make a change that drastic with how progression works, that's something you save for a major content release. Clint Barton is not a major content release. Um, so I'm wondering if rather than, you know, doing this in a way that's like, okay, we had our fun, we took our time to work everything out, we're entering phase two of this game, um, things are changing, gears changing, progression's changing, and we have a lot of new mechanics that would probably come with a Wakanda expansion. This change makes sense for that. That's not what's happening. So I'm wondering, because you threw this to me before, of like, could we see the game hit PlayStation Plus at some point? Um, Some of these changes, I'm sniffing this, you know? It it seems like it might be prepping to go free-to-play in a way or two. I can give some evidence for this if you'd like. Or not sure. evidence, but um, things making me question this. Um, firstly, it's like... Well, I saw one person throw this out. This wasn't my idea. But, like, hey, if you're going to make leveling just take longer, um, maybe if it's free-to-play, they could sell XP boosters, you know? Like, the Assassin's Creed games recently have done that as well. Um I personally never had an issue with those uh, because I thought level progression in that was okay. (laughs) Um, But the difference there is that in those games, which are also $60 releases, you have a lot of content to do that's pretty varied at times. Here, you don't have that. So, I don't... Jack, am I, like, out of pocket for thinking that having a game making it take even longer to just progress in it 
is kind of strange when the stuff you're doing isn't really that varied. It's just the same stuff. It's monotony. It's like fun to play, but it's just making a long process even longer and more mindless. Yeah, it's a little gross in a way because uh, we just haven't had that much new content released for this where, like what you said, if if this came out around the Wakanda uh, raid and release and we expect that to be a big drop and it, it ends up being that and it's like, hey, we're re- reworking this. Uh, we know we're going to have a lot of new players. We think this is the system that would have worked best at launch and we think we should add it now. That would be a lot better than just dropping it like a fart in the wind like they are Mm -hmm. um and we actually had the idea of talking about this game going free to play as like a rainy day discussion but it seems a lot more prevalent now um because yeah like what you're saying this this just seems like a way uh to transition into a free-to-play system um i think we talked about a little bit last week where um, I 100% see this at least going to PlayStation Plus because of the deal with PlayStation and sort of the marketing deal they have, uh, the exclusive content deal, obviously, with Spider-Man. So I think that's probably a lock within the next couple of months. And um, I think free-to-play is almost inevitable um, in within a year uh, because this game hasn't been profitable in the way that square enix is wanted uh content releases are few and far between um and getting maintaining that player base is just really impossible for this game at this point so yeah i think i think you're probably right in the fact that they're implementing the system for maybe not soon but in a while uh these are the first steps in 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 getting this game to free to play i do think that this will be free at some point yeah, I think the other thing that caught my eye is, I forget what post this was made on, it might have been on this uh, this cosmetic thing, but they said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, to incentivize uh, players and reward them more immediately for investing in the, uh, the challenge cards, we've decided to have the level one um, activation reward for a challenge card be a skin which is something that Fortnite does. That is something that Apex does. If you buy a battle pass, you get a skin immediately. So, like, I don't know if that's also a sign. That could just be a trend that they were like, you know, we want to reward the player. I don't know, but that did stick out to me in this week where not only us, a lot of other people are speculating that maybe this is, you know, planting seeds to go free-to-play at some point this year. Do you think it's this year? Or do you think it's later on i don't know jack i don't know because the thing is like if it was later save these changes for when that happened for when the major content drops i think so now Mm. i'm wondering and again this is all speculative right now it's just what i'm thinking based on what we're seeing and talking about i wouldn't be surprised if because this is six months out maybe by may the game is free to play and they have some new monetization system for XP boosters or whatever, and then when the raid and the Wakanda expansion is ready in, like, maybe September, it's like, hey, new huge content drop, buy in for this, you know? Yeah, for, like, 20 bucks, something like that. Yeah, I think that's maybe 30. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's worth that, but, yeah, 
Um, I think you're now that I'm thinking about it, you're probably right where they probably need this game to be in the hands of as many people as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So that that could be. I like that timeline. Um, I don't like it. I think it's more likely than yeah. anything at this point. Um, yeah, this is a. Uh, not i honestly am, am wondering i was listening to kind of funny games daily yesterday about this greg miller of course huge uh marvel's avengers fan he was speculating that he could see this being reversed um before march 18th just because the the outcry over this was very thunderous mm-hmm. um, and people who obviously don't even play this game just lo- looking at this from an outsider's perspective it's like what is this game even doing like they have so many issues and this was not one of them and they're just digging the grave even further. Um, so, I mean, if they want to double down on this and be like, this is our route going forward and we will go free-to-play, then that's a possibility. But I get, there's also slightly a chance where they're like, okay, look, we saw, your, um, we saw your reaction to this and either we're doing away with this change completely or we're shelving it until we think it's the right time to do so. Yeah, I don't... I understand that like thought process. I don't see them reversing this honestly. I I, I don't think this was a crystal decision, you know. Mm. Um, I think they could maybe because like I think th- their answer to this we saw this around launch like the worst sorry rewards right of like Sarah Garza's nameplate and all the bonus XP and all the bonus uh, supplies. I think realistically what will happen is i th- i i really do see the game going free to play at some point probably sooner than we expect um i see them charging for the wakanda raid i see these changes being you know the groundwork for all this and i could see a world where the people who bought in you and me who's been playing since day 1 we get some benefit like maybe some like ambassador program of like thank you for being there at launch maybe like an exclusive skin set or something like i i could see some reward to try and incentivize it maybe we get a discount on the wakanda release i don't know like i i think because i don't think this was crystal's choice i really think this was like hey make the game ready to go free to play and they're they can't really do much on that front if it wasn't their choice. What they can do is give the reward the players who have been there with like, I don't know, maybe some item that you can use to like burn and get all your launch characters up to level fifty if you were there at any time from the first six months. I don't know. Would that be satisfying for you? No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Um, so this is coming out March eighteenth. In time for Hawkeye and the next gen launch. From now until then, do you are you incentivized to go back in and get like Hulk and the characters that you haven't played at to level fifty? Um, I think it's hilarious that you call that Hulk because he like he's the one. I think it's him and Kamala. I don't have a level fifty, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Kamala, Hulk, and Thor for me. And I was playing as Kamala, who's like in her thirties at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I probably will just to, to have that, you know. I'm not going to bother getting their power level up because I still have my issues with how power grinding works. Um, I'll say this, too. I m- might be eating some of my words that I had last week about Clint, <laughs> depending on how drastically 
different of a of a XP grind it is to get him to level 50. Because, like, I already got an archer to level 50, and it probably took me, like, 10 hours to get 5150 on her. Um, yeah. So I'll just wait and see, I think. I'll play this campaign, and then if people say, wow, this is terrible for the amount of time you have to put in and what you're doing, how you're being rewarded, then I don't know if I'll do the same thing for Clint anymore. Yeah, I will be uh, very upset if by the end of his campaign, he's not level 50. Because he'll be the testbed of, like, once uh, the update for Clint goes up, the update for the XP change is there, mm-hmm. um, pre- uh, assuming they still go through with it, which more likely than not, they probably will. Um, so, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And, yeah, if by the end of that campaign he is not at level 50, that will be a huge problem yeah and like i'll give them wiggle room right like if he's like close to 40 i'd probably be like okay i'll just grind the rest out because you know that's how it is in most games like this it's like okay you get through the main story sometimes you're not fully maxed out there's a little bit left to go um Mm -hmm. but yeah it'll definitely be like you said the test bed uh i hope it's okay (laughs) um and i don't know how much you were following this but it was a little bit disheartening over the past week, because last weekend, uh, another Square Enix published game that is loot-based got a demo, Outriders, from the people who made Bulletstorm, and that's a third-person action game with loot mechanics that you can play co-op, but they're positioning it to be single-player, right? Mm -hmm. Which is probably what this game should have prioritized it as, and I saw really almost full positivity on my timeline regarding that demo um where when the avengers beta came out it was some people being like oh this isn't bad but this is like oh this is really fun this is really good um and i something that they said which i found interesting was if the game does well it'll have post-release content and i i really wonder if that's probably it's just kind of like rough seeing that do that well like i'm happy for the people that like outriders from that demo but it's like it's under the same banner (laughs) it's like a little hard not to compare yeah um i think i think this game was just rushed to release uh because of the economic situation during 2020 i'm starting to think that's actually the case where square enix was like all right this year has been awful because of the pandemic we need to get this out. We just need to make money. Um, they didn't. <laughs> so probably took a risk on that one. Didn't pay off. Uh, this probably should have been released around this time, maybe, of mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, and then I think our content rollout would have been probably a lot smoother since a lot of that stuff would have been being finished now. And we probably would have had the month-by-month rollout that we were expected and kind of teased at, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think communication would have probably have been a lot better because right now the communication i think it's fair to say it's has been fairly abysmal (laughs) in recent (laughs) in recent uh weeks and months where like content announcements are actually content uh and the priorities that should be worked on seemingly aren't being discussed obviously they're being worked on but we don't get to hear about that uh and they're just sort of kicking themselves in the own in their own feet uh with the XP rework and yeah, it's just not looking good right now. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And I do like feel bad to a certain degree because we don't know how much 
control they have over this at this point, right? There's so many players in with this IP from Crystal to Marvel to Square. So, like, we don't know whose call it is, who has the final say, you can assume, but, like, it's it's just rough because we've said it before. I think both of us still believe in this game to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, really love how the characters play, really love the story they have going on. All that stuff is really great, and even, like, on the subreddit, there is, like, that grief we've they've been going through, we've all been going through as a community with this game, but... <laughs> Like, the past few days, every time I pop on there, there's, like, fan edits of, like, oh, maybe this is what a character would look like in the game. Like, I've seen a lot of them this week of, like, this is what maybe I I could see Wolverine look like in the game and this heroics in the corner or Daredevil or Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver or Doctor Strange. And that's awesome, and it's great to see that there's that passion there in the community still. But, like, I see that. I don't know if we ever get that, (laughs) you know? Nah. Like, as as we've reached the six-month point right now Mm -hmm. uh it's just becoming more blatantly obvious how hollow the post-campaign content is and it's really just like it was this was marketed as and it upset a lot of people this was marketed as a multiplayer game and people didn't necessarily want that from an avengers experience but like going into it we were expecting a multiplayer game and we were sort of resigned or accepting at that point be like all right this is what we're gonna get we're gonna get a destiny like experience um and we really didn't get that it was more a single player campaign with destiny like elements uh not i guess free to play ish elements as well Mm -hmm. um the loot based system and a very hollow multiplayer experience and seemingly non-existent multiplayer experience for a lot of people so um yeah this as time goes on it's just it really upsets me that we didn't yeah. we didn't get what this game was we didn't get the potential of this game at least yet yeah and jack truly when we were like decided to start up excelsior for the the podcast and everything and like get back into the game i expected us to be playing this game weekly together <laughs> and yeah uh we could but there's no reason to um and it yeah it's you bringing that up is really, I think, the part that stings the most of, like, this game has a really good campaign. It's a really solid single-player title to pick up and play through, especially if you're a Marvel fan. And I think there's so many people that don't even care that that's the case because of how it was marketed. And it didn't even, like you're saying, it does not live up to what it was promised to be marketing-wise either. So, like, I, I still have faith... We'll see what the next few weeks bring, but I I think I've reached my lowest point with Marvel's Avengers in the past six yeah. months this week. It it especially stings like when we don't have the roadmap and we don't know what's coming next really for this game. And we get news like this. Like this is this is the communication that they've they've chosen to given us. Uh to give us rather. Um and yeah, it's just I I don't know the decision making process. It it is good that you bring up like I'm sure Crystal Dynamics' hands are very tied um, by two entities, by what you saying, Marvel Games uh, and Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure both of those companies are like, don't say anything right now. And Crystal probably wants to do the uh, CD Projekt Red, put up a yellow post and be like, very blatantly be like, look, this is the state of the game. Um, and like... CD Projekt Red, of course, they released a broken game and were sort of a snake oil salesman uh, when releasing the game on last-gen consoles. 
um or current gen i should say ps4 Mm -hmm. xbox um they at least have been very transparent post-release about like what's been happening um to the extent that they can uh this the crystal dynamics really hasn't been uh it seems like two having two publishers essentially is probably the rationale behind that yeah you would assume right because yeah i think you make good points with the cd project comparison and like I, I, as again, as a Destiny fan, uh, seeing Bungie's communication the entire time was always really good, but at the end of the day, they still had to, like, answer to Activision, and content came out when Activision wanted it to come out, and now that there's been that freedom, they're pretty, like, they take their time sometimes to answer fan criticisms, like, last summer, they were like, hey, every season we're going to be sunsetting stuff, so if you like a gun... The next season, you're going to have to find that gun again. Um, and I think that was announced last June or July. And as of a week or two ago, they're like, hey, next season's starting in a couple months. We're getting rid of that. Don't worry about it. Everything you have right now, you're not going to have to earn it again. So obviously, they've been at it for a long, long time. Destiny's player base is insanely good. Uh, but um, yeah, I I know the game can probably reach that if it's given the right time, but there's so many things working against it at this point that I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, if this was the precursor to free to play, I wish I would just would have said that. Yeah. Um, again, their hands are probably tied, but if they were just like, look, we, we need to do this because this is just how free to play works. Um, our game will be going to free to play soon. We need a player base. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would have been like, all right, that's fine. At least we, at least we have that deadline in, in mind and we do now but it's seemingly for no reason uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't give us a reason it was just that's it um so or a piss poor reason they they did give us but i don't i don't think it was worthwhile mm-hmm. well we'll see what happens in the coming weeks we'll see what happens next week uh maybe we'll both have all our characters at level 50 by the time hawkeye drops but of course next week being the Hawkeye release, uh, we record the day after Hawkeye's out, so we'll probably have impressions. Um, if I have the time, I'm probably just going to try to get through his entire campaign for next episode. But Hawkeye's in uh, a couple of weeks, isn't it? The 18th? I am an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that is two weeks from now. So, okay. um, But meanwhile, we got some stuff going on with the MCU. MCU, of course, it's back. Um... This week, dropping early, we got our new fan cams, the MCU Legends, <laughs> of course, uh, the catch-up material for the upcoming projects in the MCU. Sam Wilson, titled his episode is titled The Falcon, Bucky Barnes, his episode is titled The Winter Soldier. Um, seven minutes and eight minutes, I forget which one is which, but again, similar to Wanda and Visions, it's catch-up. There's 23 movies. These characters are all over the place. This is going to catch you up on what you need to know about them. Key points for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, this show is for my girlfriend, who uh, <laughs> doesn't really keep up with the MCU. She's seen, like, a handful um, mm. after knowing me. But, yeah, this is for, like, hey, we're going to watch this new show. Uh, this is what you need to know going into it. And, yeah, I, I, I like how these exist because... At this point, there are over 23 projects for the MCU, and that is a insurmountable task for a normal person to just have to catch up on. So these are great. Yeah, I really love that this exists. Um, 
I I wish they would like boost it up a little more. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I feel like you There's have like to wait a little bit this week. Yeah, like highlight this. You know, make that front and center next week because uh, it was supposed to drop next week in that gap period. But um, we well next week we are getting something. But um, yeah, I I'm a little surprised it just kind of shadow dropped. Um, I I hope that enough people can see this, you know, without having to search for it too hard. But, um, yeah, it's great that these exist because like you said, do the math, 23 things now, an entire show with WandaVision. How many hours is that? Like that's a big investment for six episodes of a TV show, but these are cool. I haven't watched them yet. I probably will at some point this week, but, um, nice little refreshers. Totally. But the other thing with the MCU uh, this dropped last night, actually, uh, from the website Illuminerdy, which I am not familiar with, but you are familiar with the writer? Yeah, so uh, the writer, Richard Nebens, uh, writes for the direct, very nice gentleman. Um, he also writes for the Illuminerdy, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, more of an encompassing, like, movie website. I'm not super familiar, but it's similar to, like, the direct, um, cover a lot of marvel stuff probably a lot of star wars stuff as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i would say what you're about to say is you could probably trust this i would say okay um so it's being reported that sooner than later sooner than we all thought we might be getting the mcu's take on the x-men because kevin feige is actively working on some level of production for a film called the mutants what do you think of that title? Yeah, um, it's cool. I like how it's seemingly differentiating itself from just throwing out X-Men um, mm-hmm. because we already got that for the past, I don't know, from the year 2000 until <laughs> Logan and, or even, was it even past Logan? It was, unfortunately. Yeah, New Mutants, or New Mutants was not X-Men, but yes. Well, yeah. it's X-Men, but not the title. Go ahead. Yeah, and Dark Phoenix, too. Uh, unfortunately, that was really terrible. Um, yeah, but I I I do like the title. I know there was some speculation that people were just saying they're going to drop the and just have mutants. Um, this is cool. Um, it's not surprising because we know that the mutants and the X Men will be, uh, you know, integrated into the MCU going forward. Um, but this is cool. It seems like the the title of the mutants seems like more of like a starting ground. Mm-hmm. Um, because this will, it, it will probably be like the building blocks, like mutants are maybe, uh, discovered or we realize that there are mutants among us and, um, this will probably be the building block movie we get to the X-Men because in the original X-Men, that group was already established. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, from the title, it seems like it'll be working towards establishing that group. Yeah. Which I like as an idea. And I, I think it is interesting because I saw people throw this out there before this was, um, the story broke. But like, maybe introduce the X Men through a Disney Plus series and then lead up to a movie called the X Men, right? Mm. Which, like, based on the description you're putting out there, maybe for this movie, that that seems like something that would work really well as a series, right? Like, have an episode about Magneto, Professor X, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast whoever else you want to have in that initial group 
and then eventually have it lead up to an X-Men movie, right? Yeah, but, that, sounds, that sounds cool. Yeah, but uh, instead they seem to be doing it in a film, which I'm with you. I like the title, and I saw, I think in the article, it, it pulled out like a, a quote that Stan Lee had. I guess he originally wanted the X-Men to be called The Mutants, but then his editor was like, nah, don't call it that. <laughs> so maybe it's like a, a callback to that. Hmm. Um, obviously, I think the more direct choice is to distance itself from the Fox universe because despite what everybody was theorizing about WandaVision, like, I was still surprised if they'd be bringing in the Fox X-Men characters, right? Because for so long, even in the original run of this show, we were like, oh, obviously Kevin Feige's going to want to have his own take on the X-Men, right? But, yeah, the mutants seems to be leaning into that choice rather than, you know... James McAvoy shows up, right? Yeah, this, like, the report from the Illuminati was like, this is a straight-up reboot. Right. Um, which I honestly kind of like. Me um, too. Because, <laughs> we'll talk about it later in the episode, but, um, like, yeah, they, they do want to sort of get rid of the past and do their own thing with the X-Men and Mutants. Uh, which I love because they don't have to juggle any of the baggage that came along with uh, the Fox's X-Men, which is good because a lot of that was bad, was just objectively bad. Um, a handful of those movies were really great and um, a decent amount were not so great. So it's good that they just have their own opportunity to do their own thing now. And I think a reboot is a great idea. I think I would have liked, well... I don't know. I, I like the Disney Plus series that they've been releasing for Star Wars and now the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but having like a traditional film and their own spin on the mutants, I think would be really cool and has me excited. Yeah. And I, I think as like, you know, bringing in the Fox universe, um, I like the majority of those movies. Like if you cut out like Last Stand, Origins, Apocalypse dark phoenix i think what you're left with is pretty good um and i think it would have been super hype right to have like oh like oh it's sophie turner it's, it's hugh jackman it's james mcavoy michael fassbender like as a fan of the, some of those movies and that cast specifically because i think the cast is excellent even if the movies aren't great um that would have been again very hype but for some reason it feels like it's maybe a temporary thing but I think this is that more natural progression that like, hey, we, we're introducing them ground level, like you're saying, no baggage. And then we build up to that meaning again um, and that attachment. So the X-Men is my favorite Marvel team. So like getting them done in a way that like, OK, we're playing with everybody is still going to be exciting, even if it's not mainly the direction everyone wants it to go in. But um, I, I think that this is the right call, and I think the title's fine. Maybe the X-Men moniker comes at some point. Um, did you ever hear any of the, like, speculation? I guess they made a joke about this in uh, Dark Phoenix. I never saw Dark Phoenix, but I, I think Mystique was like, oh, we shouldn't call it the X-Men anymore, like, something like that. Like, do you think yeah. it's maybe leaning to that at all, or just like, hey, it's a group? Maybe. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think, 
I don't think people are up in arms about the group being called X Men. Really, I don't think yeah. that's ever really been mm-hmm. that big of an issue. I think people get it. Yeah. Um, that it's it's not you know male centric. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do like the idea of starting off with the title of the mutants. I think that's cool. I also think that it's not. I would. I would much rather them just do an entire reboot, new new cast, new anything. Um, yeah. But with the possibility of the multiverse uh, being set up, presumably in Doctor Strange, um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we see one to two or maybe a handful of returning uh, X-Men characters in the MCU mm-hmm. if they want to. Uh, I'd rather them just do it completely over and just have new characters, but... I think that thread is still a possibility. I would hope because I I really love Michael Fassbender. He's the highlight of a lot of those movies for me. So like him coming back as Magneto, I think I'd accept it. <laughs> you know, like I could make it work for me. Um, same with James McAvoy. But yeah, the mutants, I feel like does imply maybe setting up piecemeal that original team from the original comic run. Um, maybe a big focus on charles and eric but we'll see maybe it's sooner than we expect maybe it's sometime at the end of phase four that'd be super cool but we'll have to wait and see yeah i remember hearing about mutants and being like that's so far off and before wandavision mm-hmm. i thought man that's really we're not gonna see that forever and then like in the middle of wandavision i was like well guess we're wrong but uh now <laughs> after today i think we will not see uh the mutants for quite some time yeah, I would, if I have to slap a year, I think we'll get it by 2025. Yeah, that's fair. In Yeah, in MCU terms, that's far away. Yeah, because, you know, that's like nine projects from now. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, What's more immediate, though, is the WandaVision finale. So we're going to get through this. As always, Jack, we can lead off with some spoiler-free thoughts, I guess, as an episode. What did you think? As a finale, what did you think without getting into specifics? Sure. Um, yeah, no spoilers. As a finale, um, I think it falls into some traps that a lot of the other MCU projects falls into where they seem to have a third act problem um, where it's like this is the big fight and there's not a lot of uniqueness or specialness to those acts uh, that it really stands out above the film sort of the inverse to the Avengers uh, movie where that third act is pretty incredible and pretty mm-hmm. much any Avengers movie, really. Um, so I think that that was a sticking point for me where um, this episode essentially serves as the third act to WandaVision as a whole. Um, and I think it has some issues, uh, just like any other MCU uh, project has with its third act, mostly. Um, as an episode, I don't think this will stand out as one of my favorites or one of the better ones. Um, but overall, I do think it was a a solid way of wrapping up the show. Um, I think overall the show was a, a massive home run. I don't think uh, this episode was the one that really cemented that idea for me, but I do think it closed it out in a good way. How about you? Yeah, I um, I thought the fight was fine. You know, like I think a, like a lot of stuff is like usually serviceable or fine for the story. Um, I, I think... The answers we do get in this episode, I enjoyed. I think it wraps up the point of the show in a really solid way. Um, 
and it leaves you with a couple questions, which I think, I think good finales, and this is titled in the, the name of the episode, the series finale. Um, but you know, that's maybe not fully true because we're going to follow up with these characters and movies and stuff. Um, I think a good, for the sake of conversation, season finale leaves you with answers because we will have answers that are picked up on in different projects. Um, so on that level, I really thought it was solid. Um, it punctuated this entire series very well. I think it is one of my favorite things Marvel Studios has done as a whole, um, for sure, far and away. But yeah, I, I I know people are upset with it. I think some of it is a bit, you know, due to just speculation and fan theories, which that's on you, but... I personally thought it was good. Yeah, um, I agree with your your idea about expectations. Because um, mm-hmm. we I can get think, into spoilers now. So. Yeah, I think if I think if someone's upset about expectations, yeah, most of mostly I think that does fall on them. Mm-hmm. Where if you, if you're upset about this, like, oh, I didn't, it didn't end the way I was expecting it to. Well, yeah, of course it didn't because you didn't write the show. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But also, I there's a sliver of me that feels for some people because i think the show did set up some things or tease some things um i should probably say tease some things because they definitely go hard specifically with pietro um that just turns out to be mcu sort of pointing its finger and laughing at the fans in a way they did Um, it they did it (laughs) yeah i I, i'm fine with it. it sounds like you're fine with it it is kind of funny um it is it's a little cruel (laughs) it's a little cruel because they knew what they were doing yeah like i i i don't remember i did i bring up the possibility like when it was the uncle jesse reveal of like oh hey i was like maybe it's not maybe it's kevin feige having a laugh yeah it was yeah it was early yeah there was there was that idea and i think we settled on the like maybe last episode we were like okay Pietro is probably not Fox Pietro, but mm-hmm. there's probably that is probably like a throwaway laugh, but they mm-hmm. will introduce the multiverse this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that did not happen. Um, yeah. it, I've I've come to the conclusion that this is not based on House of M at all. There's like no threat of, M, of House of M in this. Yeah, I mean, like in the past weeks, I saw House of M thrown around a lot. I haven't read House of M, but like from what I know of House of M, every time somebody brought up House of M every Friday, I was like, really? <laughs> like, is this what that is? Like, I know it doesn't have to be a one-to-one thing, but well, House of M, I know it's like the mutants are like enslaved, basically, and she like basically reaches a boiling point where she just wipes all their memory and gets rid of their powers right so like yeah um the x-men are integral to that story yeah but last last week we were on that theory and Mm -hmm. we were kind of like solid on it with of that uh person on tiktok who was like wanda could be (laughs) changing people's perspective in the world in this episode and like that's the house of m thread um and overall i'm glad that they kind of did that i I just love how personal this show is and they really hammer home that idea that this is this is not like a world changing uh project or event that happens this is very much a wanda centric event uh wanda and vision centric event and um yeah i think it's brilliant overall the finale i have some some qualms with i i wanted like 
ask you this. Do you think that there's an issue with the fandom? Because we had no Marvel content for a full year, and obviously with every MCU project, we're all like, okay, what's the tease for the next thing? But I feel like this show had a kind of an unfair... And I, I know they had a lot of quotes out there, so maybe it wasn't unfair, but I feel like the show had a lot of weight on its shoulders of like, hey, what's what's the next six years of movies or something, right? Like, we never looked at Iron Man that way, really. We never looked at Iron Man 3 that way. Uh, the beginning phase movies, you know, or projects, I don't feel like they ever were like, hey, set up the next seven years. But with this show, is it because it's a show? Is it because we had a full year without MCU stuff? Like, what is it? There's a few things. You So your original question was, is it the fandom? I don't know if it's necessarily the Marvel fandom, because compared to the Star Wars fandom, I think the Marvel fandom are saints, <laughs> um, <laughs> in my personal opinion. I Maybe I'm just not ingrained too, too much in the MCU fandom, but... Um, Everyone is large, largely seems to be pleased walking out of an MCU film. Um, so I think maybe it's not the fandom, but fandom in general, um, where hype levels for any project just go through the roof and expectations are often not met. Um, but I think a large part of... I haven't really gauged people's opinions on this yet. I haven't really seen like Twitter reactions. Um I would not be surprised if people were upset because we were, and I think it was, I think it would be because like what you said, this project was the first TV project and it's similar to the Mandalorian week by week uh, where I think the Mandalorian season two did have the culmination in the finale, which I think did satisfy a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. This one, not so much, but that's by no means a bad thing. Um, But I think it was the week by week. This is a nine week hype and you're you're on the caboose man you're wearing that conductor hat uh so i i do think that is part of it i i'm hoping people aren't uh too outraged by this i mean a lot of my tiktok for you page right now is a lot of it's the past few months it's been a lot of marvel stuff but i i scrolled this morning after i watched the show and i saw a lot of people being like i'm disappointed where was dr strange i was looking forward to dr strange for weeks this uh boner guy which we'll get to um hayward did nothing like monica disappeared the the physicist like everything i'm hearing as disappointment is those theories right like which i i don't like that's how tv works right like maybe it's because it's we're transitioning from a movie fandom to a movie and tv fandom but like i remember when i watched like breaking bad walking dead week to week like theories out the wazoo when something didn't happen people weren't like shows trash now or like the episode was terrible because it didn't do exactly what we all thought it was going to do right like is it just growing pains you think adjusting to this new medium maybe maybe i also think there's baggage with expectations from the comics um sure in sort of piecing together what people expect to see based off of uh the canon Mm -hmm. uh from the comics so i think that has i i really do think that if this was released as the Netflix model, which I, I'm glad it wasn't. Uh, I like the week-by-week format. Me too. Um, I think um, there would have been lower expectations. Whereas, like, you have an episode each week. The focus is really centered every Friday on what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you blitz through that and you know by the end of that and you do that through a weekend and it's like, oh, this is just a very personal story, I think... Th- 
um, I think for a lot of the upset fans, that would have been that wouldn't have been that reaction. I don't think we would have saw as much. Sure. Um, but personally, I don't really care about them because I <laughs> I'm glad we got the story that we did. Um, yeah, I think this personal episode for me was fine. It wasn't the stand. It wasn't one of the standouts. But overall, this show was incredible. Yeah, and I do think it serves to bring up that like that. I think the people disappointed because they were waiting for Doctor Strange or waiting for the X-Men or Magneto or anything like that. That is the vast minority of fans, right? Like, you're talking about people who, like us, super invested with, like, every single Marvel thing we can get our hands on, right? Um, You did House of M prep. We read the Vision comic. Like, all these people (laughs) that, like, know so many things about it, like... The comic fans have always been a small pool in relation to the MCU, right? Like, obviously, there's people that look up YouTube theories made by these fans, so the info and expectations can spread that way. But, like, it's still a a small slice of the pie, right? Because, like, every single... The past, like, three weeks, I think, when WandaVision went live, Disney Plus crashed. That's not all comic fans, right? Like... No. um, Um, it's, it's, It's not to say that um having expectations or speculating is a bad thing because every week you and i were speculating at yeah it's we fun can see reed richards yeah it's super fun um and it's not a bad thing but you should i think it's an important <laughs> this show might be an important lesson like go into things like this with you can have your expectations and you can have your hopes or something um but it's this is going to be the story told by uh marvel and just be prepared to be not have your max uh, expectations met and um hope hope that your expectations are subverted in a positive way because uh, i think ours were um by the Definitely. end of this. yeah because I, th- I think like you said i think that's a great idea and a great point of um a learning experience because i think maybe a good majority of marvel fans or younger fans that never really grew up with that type of week-to-week tv experience it's like okay yeah speculate all you want it's fun that's why i love the weekly release because that in between it prolongs the show's relevancy it makes it stick with you longer and it's just fun that's like what you and i are doing every week we're just throwing theories out there but you need like you truly you have if you want to enjoy these shows to their maximum you have to realize that there's a 99 percent chance theory will not be true and then evaluate what you get you know because like yeah. What what we did get, I thought was really good, and I'm with you that I'm happy it's stuck to just being about Wanda, and I'll disagree with you slightly on something you said a little bit ago of like not having a, I forget the way you phrased it, but like maybe like not having a huge payoff or something like that. Um, like I thought Wanda officially getting the title and then like owning her magic finally that was huge. I thought for like the scale of what the show is going for, and I really loved that for this episode yeah um that was good i don't i don't think that was that necessarily wasn't my problem with this episode i think i was expecting a lot more emotions coming from last week um and this was an emotional episode towards the end i think um yeah but i think my sort of i'm i'm not sure if i like this or not yet um my biggest sticking point is the fact that white vision is still out there Mm -hmm. um which presumably is just vision with his memories back uh that's what i got from it It seems like that's what 
happened. Um, and a little bit, the goodbye from Wanda and Vision in the home uh, as the hex is collapsing is somewhat undercut by the fact that Vision is still out there. Um, and I was a little confused that, like, Wanda kind of knows that White Vision is there. I don't, maybe she didn't know that his memories were restored, but mm-hmm. that was a little strange to me in a way where like i was certainly crying at that scene um where they were saying goodbye and there was a lot of great dialogue between the two of them but yeah the fact that he's still out there was it kind of undercut it a little bit for me yeah i i had that thought for sure but i know we just talked about bringing comics in um i remember i think in the vision in the flashback sequence with white vision it's like I have these memories, I know what happened, but I'm not that guy. So I'm yeah. wondering if because we get that like really emotional goodbye and you know, uh mindstone remnant vision of Westview, like he he cries, like he that's the thing, you know, like the Andro- uh, Android can cry, that comic panel that's so iconic. Mm-hmm. I, I think the my read on it is that they are going through with it. So white vision, yeah, it's space. It's still vision, but he doesn't have the emotions, you know. But yeah, and I think it's because of that. It's like yes, he has the memories, but Westview Vision actually cries. Something that we didn't know was possible. So I think because there is that difference there, that if we do follow up with White Vision at some point, um, I don't think he will feel for Wanda. Yeah, true. And it also seems that Wanda is, like she clearly through the course of the show goes through the five stages of grief yes um she has reached acceptance uh Mm -hmm. and like as she leaves behind and says goodbye to vision um which i love the line where it's like we've said goodbye so many times so it stands to reason that we'll say Mm -hmm. hello again like Mm -hmm. another great piece of writing in the show uh so that was beautiful but uh it it does seem like that she as she leaves behind uh the proposed future life with vision she's like vision is no longer um a focus for her like she's accepted that and has moved on so yeah after talking to it after talking through it that probably isn't that big of a deal for me but Mm -hmm. a little bit as i was watching i was like well we still have this guy sure yeah i i I think you're right to point out the going through grief and i'm glad we got to a point where she like accepts it and sort of makes the choice on her own to take it all away rather than because like every time we did talk about like oh it's all gonna fall apart she's gonna go mad and just break the universe like as someone who's loved wanda since age of ultron like i didn't want her to go through that right like yeah i'm glad she was able to grieve in like a healthy way uh grieve but yeah, I'm glad it, she reached that acceptance, and it the like it hit for me. The emotions were there. Um, saying bye to the kids, I was like, well, when they were like doing the tucking in and looking outside, I was like, call this. But um, <laughs> what what got me there was like, I wasn't really feeling much about them saying bye to the kids. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is sweet. It's sad. But when she is at the door and she says the thank you for picking me to be your mom thing, that got me because I've heard that in my life. <laughs> you know, like that mm. got me. But, Can you ex- explain that line to me? I was a little confused by that. It's, I, I mean, like growing up, I think like my mom would say like, oh, 
because, you know, like spirituality, it's like, oh, maybe you exist before you're a living thing. Mm. It's like, oh, you chose me to be your mother. Your personality, your soul chose me to be your mother. And thank you gotcha. for that. Yeah. That, that, okay. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. That is, now that you've explained that, that is a very sweet line. I was like somewhat confused by that. And mm-hmm. I know some fans were like running off like theories from that line i was like i don't think that was the purpose of that uh but yeah that is sweet what got me in that scene was vision noticeably like tearing up saying good night chaps i was like oh man he's british (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was good um and yeah same like the them saying goodbye but this time it did hit for me maybe a bit stronger because i was looking at of like well this time they're able to actually say goodbye you know like the way that in Infinity War, when they said goodbye at the train station, you know, it's like they, they didn't want to. They were kind of forced to do it. At the end of the movie, when they were saying goodbye, they really didn't have a choice. But right. this was like a peaceful version of that, you know, and they were both okay with it. So it, yeah. it hit me like that, I think. They had their say in it. Yeah. Which I enjoyed, considering I love both of them. But mm-hmm. any other thoughts about the kids? Um, I was... We were talking earlier about, like, she loses them and then she she completely loses control. I'm glad that that wasn't the case. And like yeah. we were saying, this was like a healthy way of her accepting this. Um, she probably looked at them and was like, well, I guess I've really only known you for like a week or however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's accepted that that was those kids were like a creation from herself. Or so it seems. I know there's the uh, stinger at the end. Um, I don't even know what to make of that right now. But uh yeah, I, I'm glad it wasn't like her kids are being ripped away from her. And now she's going to go insane. I know a lot of yeah. people were talking about the idea of like the stereotypical like mad woman. Um, yeah. Like... And I'm glad that they cleared that up and made it so they did not go through with that stereotype. And she is healthy, healthily by the end of this, of course, um, accepted that and has moved onward. Yeah. And I think. I'm, I'm very glad they did that also because I didn't want Wanda to fall into that trope. And it was just so easy to see them take that path, knowing what we knew for this show, right? That everyone's like, ends pretty sad, ends kind of a downer. It's supposed to set up a movie called The Multiverse of Madness. So, like, mm-hmm. knowing she has these reality warping powers and seeing that the, the birth of this hex came from trauma, it's like, okay, well if the multiverse comes into play, then presumably it's a really strong trauma that causes that. But no, I, I'm very glad that they didn't do that because that would have been pretty bad, I think, <laughs> like in terms of just her character as a woman in this universe. Not I would not have liked that Definitely. on that level. Um, but do you want to talk about uh, Agatha, Agnes? What's up with her? Yeah, sure. Did So do you want to talk about the fight maybe? Yeah, so we didn't get the, you know, reality-bending fight that we hoped to see, uh, but I think it was a solid fight when it comes to the drama there, you know? Yeah, I thought it was serviceable. Um, this is one of those things where I was referring to, like, the third act problem, where yeah. you get to this big, like, climactic battle, and it's just a bunch of people throwing stuff at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, same with Vision versus Vision. It was Laser Beam versus Laser Beam. And with uh, Agatha and uh, Wanda, it was Red Magic versus Purple Magic, uh, which is fine. Like, that's that's generally how <laughs> MCU fights go. So I well, wasn't disappointed in that, but there are some standout MCU 
third act battles that are quite unique and i think there's some great stunt coordination involved in a lot of those uh standout ones and i don't necessarily think we saw that um with this show but it it got us to where we need um i i did like the wanda learning from agatha and using Mm -hmm. the runes to trap her i did think that was very clever yeah i loved that because i think for a lot of the fight you could see that she was trying to like be defensive just because every time she did attack her she was like losing her life power Mm -hmm. um so i liked that sort of like her trying to like you could see it like in her face at times trying to like figure out like what to do um so i appreciated that and her you know fighting defensively for the first half of it um did you make the connection when she was like purposely missing because like i was like something's up she's definitely missing on purpose but i didn't fully click with the runes until like agatha went to like go for the kill yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get it until Wanda was clearing up um her like illusion on mm-hmm. her skin and then I was like, Oh sweet, she obviously is in control. Yeah, that was very cool. And in terms of the fight as a whole also, I really did enjoy um the vision stuff. Because it was laser beam versus laser beam, you know, but mm-hmm. we got to a point where he's like, Hey, just like stop for a sec. <laughs> Cause, you know, it's that goes against I think some typical third act Marvel fights, right? Like there's not really a point where they just kind of break, talk through it. And then they're like, Oh, all right. See ya. (laughs) You know, like we don't have to fight. There's not a whole lot of talking during these things. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that, that was nice. Uh, Envision was very much like, how would I defeat myself Mm -hmm. during this? And of course we got the payoff to Paul Bettany's (laughs) tease of working with the person he's always, I think that's hilarious. That's Um, good. I know there are a lot of, People have a lot of issues with maybe like too much hyping up of expectations in the the press junket interviews. I think mm-hmm. that is absolutely hilarious, and he should be commended for it. That was very good. Um, and yeah, it kind of reminded me also the way he handled that of the way he handled Ultron at the end of Age of Ultron, right? Like I mm-hmm. got shades of that there. Totally. Just like negotiating, kind of. Um, obviously, in Ultron, he ends up killing the Ultron bot off screen, but. Here, I liked it, because mainly it means Paul Bettany can return. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking after this episode that it's with t- totally within reason that we get a Vision recreation, maybe. Um, Tom King's Vision. Yeah, dude. Because I'm pretty sure in that comic, like the white Vision in the flashbacks becomes the Vision we see in that comic, and he creates his own. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that could serve as a sequel slash antithesis to WandaVision. Um, I don't know if they want to do that. It's totally within possibility that they could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think that would be... I could see that happen. At the very least, I could see Vision take on that role that he has where he's like the representative for the Avengers on Capitol Hill or something. I yeah. could see him do that, you know, just so he doesn't um, have to be in everything. Yeah, totally. Uh, I was surprised that there was still a vision after this i think we were kind of expecting things to turn badly um i'm glad again <laughs> expectations subverted uh like we were saying yeah because i think this was really the first time where paul bettany and elizabeth olsen could really flex their muscles and mm-hmm. they i don't want to say surprise me because i know that they're good actors but they i did not expect the, the caliber of incredible acting to be displayed during the show, and both of them uh, were incredible, and that just has me excited to see them 
show up even more. And I, I hope they shine a spotlight more on those two characters because uh, the actors just blew it out of the park. Yeah, I definitely agree. And my hopes are high for them to return, I think. Um, so there's also this book, right, that was revealed when we saw Agatha's Basement. And this was a fan theory that was proven re- correct. Uh, the Darkhold, I think is the name of the book. It showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and everyone was like, oh, it's this book. It's going to be there. Trust me. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's the Darkhold. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. Um, I saw a lot of people saying that it's it looked different than the Darkhold that apparently was in that show. And people were like, well, I guess th- that might not be canon anymore. I know that was always questionably canon, where at first it was like, oh, yeah, of course. It's just a little side thing. Coulson's back. And yeah, now maybe this is like a small thing, so... You could chalk it up to production design, but um, yeah, it's possible that Agents of Shields may not, may not be canon. Yeah, who's to say? I I'll wait for Feige to say something official about that. But um, yeah, so I obviously Wanda takes that book at the end and is reading from it, and we'll get to the post credit scene um, in a moment. But I think first we do have to discuss two more things, mainly one, uh, Pietro. Yes. Boner. Uh, Ralph Boner. So he's Ralph. That's who Ralph is this whole time. That's Ralph. was living in Ralph's house. I think, of course, Boner is just a stupid joke, uh, but Boner was a character from Groaning Pains, I believe. Okay. Um, And he lived in the attic. So I think that's a direct uh, connection to that show. That's fun. Yeah. Or direct reference, rather. Um, Like we said, said earlier, like, I thought it was funny. Not the boner joke, really, but I thought, well, I thought it was funny that it was a troll, and I thought it was an extra laugh, because it's like, and they used it to make a boner joke. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that, but I have seen something I want to throw your way. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people have pointed out, why on God's green earth would you have a headshot of a selfie of yourself that just has your name at the bottom of it as a normal person, or is that paperwork for your new identity in the witness protection program? Because when uh, this whole thing kicked off, woo was like my guy, a guy of mine in witness protection disappeared. Is it actually Peter Maximoff popped into this universe thrown into witness protection? Yeah, because we, that's a really great pickup because we don't get after uh monica like gets rid of the necklace that was like sort of uh trapping him from agatha we don't get a pickup from ralph anymore uh Mm -hmm. and it's like why how did he even have quicksilver's powers to begin with if he was just this random dude um like maybe wanda's hex like was just keeping up appearances and oh pietro's here i guess he has to have a Quicksilver's powers because she did manifest a son to have two sons to have each their own unique powers so mm-hmm. I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that that also happened here mm-hmm. but now yeah now that you say that and I was I took the headshot as Agatha like reaching out to people and being like I need someone that looks like uh, <laughs> I need someone that looks kind of like Pietro for this um, but I think that theory is very interesting yeah, uh, I don't fully believe it, especially if that mutants rumor is true. Uh, 
but I could see it be a thread they pick up on like two years from now and be like, surprise, it was this guy. Um, but I, I, I think for the people upset, maybe hold on to 1% of hope because I could see, like that did strike me a bit. I was like, that's weird. Why does he have like a picture like that that just says his name in the corner of it? Like it wasn't a license or anything. It was just a picture. So Yeah, it that yeah, that it was a headshot and that's why I was like, Oh, did he just was he just this bum who was looking on the internet for a job or something, a way to make money and saw <laughs> Agatha's posting being like, Hey, I need someone who looks like this. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I the witness Cause... protection line could be one of those things that mm-hmm. people are reading into it way more than they should. Um yeah. that happened with the Mandalorian with some line that I'm forgetting. Um, oh, oh, maybe with Grogu and like the Jedi Master is sure. the one I'm thinking of. Where that could just just be Ahsoka just saying a random Jedi Master doesn't even matter who, and people are like, it was Yaddle this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it could be that situation, but sure, uh, who knows? Because uh, th- there was one other document there. There was some document that said Westview and it said Ralph Boner on it. Um, and it looked like maybe tax info or something. I'm not sure, but it was a bill. It looked like an electricity bill. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, if that is the case, good job, Kevin Feige. You got him. I thought it was fun, but who's to say if he comes back or not? What, yeah. what, what do you think of that? If the mutants is a full reboot, but we do still have maybe Peter Maximoff, like, would he be cool with that? Yeah, like we we were saying this earlier. It's it's entirely possible that they do a three-quarter reboot of Mm -hmm. the x-men and just most of the uh characters are recast as whatever the mcu wants them to be and wants them to look like uh but with the the possibility of the multiverse happening it's likely that they might just be like okay all the mutants are new except for these five because the actors are just too cool so (laughs) we're gonna keep them uh i think uh, i mean like you compare the two Quicksilvers we've seen live action, like Fox's Quicksilver is by far, in a way, the preferred one in fans' mm-hmm. mind. So they could totally just be like, yep, that's our guy. And for Scarlet Witch, uh, for, for Wanda, the explanation could be like, this is Peter Maximoff. He comes from a universe where he's not related to you. He's not your brother. So don't don't feel weird about this. Yeah. I could see that. I, I really could see that happen at some point. So I, I, I'm not going to write it off fully, but um, if it really is nothing, haha, good fun. Um, I, real trivial thing before we get to the post-credit scenes. Love the new outfit. Very, very cool. Totally. I was I was a little surprised that we were talking about this last week. Uh, you pointed this out on the Disney Plus like loading page for WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You could see that. Like, yeah. partially. And I was mm-hmm. a little surprised that they kind of gave that away. Yeah, because, like, I think I noticed it originally when the promo material went out, and I kind of forgot about it. And I was like, wait, that's new. That's not, like, an old suit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really liked that whole transformation scene with her. That was really fun. And uh, I'm glad that she got the original outfit. Like, the hair, too, being, like, the full-blown comic hair. Like, that was really, really cool. Yeah, it, this, the suit is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. It is, like, one of those... It, this This turns out to be the origin story of the scarlet witch and i think they did a really great job and the suit reveal is part of that and they they nailed it so good job agreed um any closing thoughts on westview the citizens anything like that uh hayward shooting at the kids and monica like anything like that before we talk about the postcard scenes 
uh, a few things. Hayward is just the worst. Yep. Like, not even just in the show. Like, he's just a bad character. Mm-hmm. He's just bad for bad sake. Yeah. Uh, didn't appreciate that. Um, I <laughs> I love the flourish from Jimmy, and I yeah. wish we got more Jimmy in this episode. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I thought the same thing about Darcy. Like, I'm glad she's the one that, like, pinned him down. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Darcy, you got a good line. Um, and then really nothing else with her. Um, even Monica, I feel like I was left wanting a little more. Obviously, we get a, a tease for the future. But, yeah, as far as everything else goes, Wanda kind of walking away free of everything. Like, I was fine with it. I saw some people being like, she should be arrested, but, like, no, like, it wasn't intentional, you know, nobody has to know, she can just leave. Yeah, she also did save the universe, <laughs> so yeah. I think we could give her a pass on this one. Uh, yeah. I I will say one of the th- sticking points for me with the way Westview looked in this particular episode, and a little bit last episode, a lot of people were mentioning on Twitter, I saw, that it... <laughs> Agatha holding up the two twins looked like some serious Disney Channel original movie vibes. And I was like, dude, this this whole town looked like Halloween Town in a way. Um, I think with like the luster of and like the glitz and glam of like digital cameras nowadays and everything just looks a little too good. Uh, I kind of got that vibe with this episode, um, like just set in a small town. You, you could tell the production value was probably a little smaller because um, it is episode based, presumably. Um, but wasn't that big of a deal. I did notice that. I was like, oh, this doesn't look as good as because like obviously we had the sitcom production value, which was just super incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really changed it up. And yeah, this I wasn't super impressed with the production uh, design, at least of, of this episode. I can definitely see that. Uh, it didn't really stick out to me, but I completely hear what you're saying. The Halloween Town comment is damning, but yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will say before we talk about the post credits is that I was pretty vocal about midway through the season about being disappointed with the way they handled the sitcom stuff moving forward. But I, I think in hindsight, seeing where they wrap up, I am glad they ended it when they did. I think. Yeah, um, I I think it. I think it was there for the majority of the season. Yeah, because we definitely we took the pause, you know, for the catch up episode, and then um, we had I think two more after that that were we had like the the Malcolm in the Middle one, and then the um, the Modern Office Family. Modern Family one. So yeah, yeah, I th- I think it was good. I think they used enough of it. I'm glad they didn't do any more of it. I'm glad they didn't work in like a Big Bang Theory final fight or something. Like I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I'm happy with it. You know, I just wanted to say, I see everything made sense. They made the right call. Good with it. Yeah. I I think the finale was like, it got us where we needed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't blown away by it, but it was, it did what it did. And uh, yeah. So we got two post credit scenes. The first one, um, we do get a little more Jimmy, you know, he's leading cleanup on this operation. Mm hmm. And somebody who I don't think we've seen this season. No, we did not see that person. Like they maybe they were in the background or something. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, some woman rolls up and is like, "Monica, they need you in the theater." Uh, 
she leaves, goes to the theater. Nobody's there. I was getting a little nervous, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, it's Mephisto. Th- <laughs> yeah. Dude, I thought for a second, I was like, is this going to be fucking Mephisto Not after right. all this time? Um, no, I'm glad that didn't happen. But yeah. the big reveal, it was a scroll. That was surprising. That got me. Um, I don't know if I was super surprised by that necessarily because I, I know a lot of people were speculating that they would see a scroll because of uh, Monica's connection to Captain Marvel and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, maybe, it was cool to see though. I, I like the idea of scrolls. So maybe it's because twelve hours ago I watched Captain Marvel for the first time since theaters. Mm. <laughs> but, like, um, just like seeing a scroll pop up, I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, and then they say. Uh, where you're wanted by a friend of your mom's monk asks where the scroll points up to space uh who do you take that as nick fury me too um obviously that's teasing and setting up something that will be followed up in with captain marvel 2 um but yeah i thought it was very clearly setting up fury um i'll tell you this right now um mm-hmm. I'm much more excited to follow the goings-on of Monica than I am of uh, Captain Marvel, (laughs) as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I I feel like Captain Marvel's characterization really hasn't been firmly cemented as, like, who exactly she is. Because that happens with characters, especially in the MCU, where, like, you introduce them at first. Like, with Wanda, you don't really get her character until much later on to, like, Infinity War, really. Mm. Um so I, we just really haven't seen that with uh, Captain Marvel, but with Monica, I think they they did a really stellar job of setting her up um, mm-hmm. as a character and as a uh, superhero. So I'm excited to see what's up with her. Definitely, yeah. And again, I just watched Captain Marvel again. I think that's the price you pay when you give your main character amnesia for half the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them team up together. And Kamala, she's supposed to be in... Captain Marvel 2 as well, so seeing the three of them, it's going to be super fun. Um, So that was the setup there. I also took it as, like, I I don't know if this is reading too deep into it, but, like, I feel like Fury is leading main sword, and then Hayward just sort of took care of terrestrial sword for the time since Maria passed. Um, It seems like it, yeah. Yeah, like, Fury being, like, oh, what happened? No, bring her up here. Like, I think that's basically how it played out to me. I also wonder if uh, Nick Fury is, like, low-key secretive right now because there was the scroll Nick Fury on the ground, Mm -hmm. and I would presume that Hayward is like, oh, this is our Nick Fury. He's just down here with us. Um, Right. And that, that space command ship that he's on could very well be, like, a secret project. Uh, Because, like... We've, see, we've seen with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and, I guess, now with S.W.O.R.D., like, there's some very nefarious government agencies, of course, HYDRA, um, that just happen all the time, and it's very possible that Nick Fury is like, this is my command, no one's going to know about it, I don't want anything, I don't want any leaks, so that's a possibility. That's exactly what I was thinking, so. Cool. Um, we'll see next year. But the second post credit scene, uh, Wanda becomes Cottage Core. <laughs> I was a fan of this. <laughs> yeah. So it's somewhere in maybe like Switzerland or something. Like I got Europe energy from that cabin area. 
Um, very mountainous, very secluded, small cabin on a river. Uh, we see Wanda sitting on her porch, goes inside, pours some tea, gets some ominous music, go into the bedroom. Another Wanda's there, but it's the Scarlet Witch reading the Darkhold, doing some magic stuff. Some stuff's floating all around her. Some light reading. And, it, mm-hmm. and then she hears uh, either Billy or Tommy, I'm not sure. So Yeah, there's a few things with this. Um, What's up? Early on in the episode, uh, Agatha mentioned Wanda being more powerful than the Sorceress Supreme, or the Sorcerer mm-hmm. Supreme, that I would assume that would be Doctor Strange. I think yeah. that's his title. Um, so that, I'm surprised that we didn't get the stinger at the end of Wanda will return in Multiverse of Madness, because that mm-hmm. seems like the setup from this episode is that line. Um, so there's that, and then, yeah, do you, do you want to talk about the threat of her kids? Because I was a little confused by that. I think that might have been our little teaser about the multiverse. Mm. I I think that because we know, you know, officially, I forget who said it, but somebody at Marvel Studios was like, the events of this show directly lead into Multiverse of Madness. I think that's the scene. I think Wanda is reading through this book, very similar to how Strange, you know, in his movie was accelerating his knowledge um through magic just to like learn things faster with all the windows popping up yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um i i think it's probably similar to that uh that's what i figured from like her floating and the spells and all that the way that strange did like his astral projection to read while he was sleeping right mm-hmm. um and then normal wanda's just hanging out i don't know um but specifically with her kids, I thought that maybe she could have been using that book to try and, you know, learn about how chaos magic works, how the Scarlet Witch can create reality and stuff like that, and maybe find a way to look into another world. And maybe that's where, what she heard with her children. I don't know. What what did hmm. you take from that? Now that you said, can I slightly spoil House of M? Or do you want me to yeah. just... Yeah, 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 go in? for it. Okay. So with the... At the end, there's a line of people referring to, like, what happened when when Wanda did sort of mess with reality. Um, And they were, like, essentially, what is it, Newton's Law? It's like, I'm going to butcher this uh, because, of course, (laughs) I was not a science major. Um, Where it's, like, matter cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be manipulated. Um, Now that you say, is that essentially it? I, well, I was going to say that's I think we talked about that when the show very deliberately is like, hey, the Kevlar vest became a a suit like she didn't right. create it. She manipulated it. But continue. Right. So it, it seems that with that in mind, um, it's very possible that she like used her chaos magic to create those children, but they didn't just appear out of nowhere. Um, they had to have come from somewhere or the matter to manipulate them into existence came from somewhere. And she was obviously not very knowledgeable about her own abilities and still isn't. Um, So that possibility of her subconsciously dipping into the multiverse and taking the idea of those characters and propping them up into her hex is interesting. And I like, I like that you brought that forward because I didn't consider that. Yeah, I think that's an option, right? Because we know that presumably Spider-Man's going to 
dabble with this idea too um, because that is going to follow up WandaVision um, presumably based we don't know like how far after the events of Westview that post credit scene takes place in but we know WandaVision happens Far From Home happens and I believe that Far From Home ends where No Way Home begins I think because like some of the set photos were like Peter and MJ in that same area in the same suits and stuff, I think. Yeah. So it's all happening around a similar time period. Doctor Strange is probably picking up after all that, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's just our little tease for what's to come with multiverse of madness, you know, picking up with strange, like I sense a disturbance through this door and comes out in the Alps. Wanda's just sitting there, you know, like, <laughs> um, I'm I'm excited to see them together because uh, I am a known hater of Doctor Strange, uh, the film. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate that movie, but I certainly don't like it. It's toward the bottom of my rankings. Um, and I think I like Doctor Strange as a character now uh, because of the events of Infinity War and Endgame. I think he's not like the lovable asshole that Tony Stark is, but he there's a charm to his arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would be bolstered by Wanda Maximoff and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. So that has me excited. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely eager to see the two of them together. And more, like, I was really hoping we would see Doctor Strange's episode because I, I definitely like the movie more than you do, and I like his character a lot. So, like, seeing him interact with her, I really wanted to see that. And I know it's coming, but I want a little tease, just a taste. Um, mm-hmm. But, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see the two of them presumably working together. You know, it's like, how do you feel that she's not really a villain like a lot of people wanted to see or hoped to see? I know we talked about like her dealing with the grief in a healthy way is good, and I'm glad that happened. But, you know, I'm now excited to see her work with Strange, not against him. Yeah, I think you and I are both excited about the prospect of her not necessarily being a villain yet. I know that she's destined to become one from uh what agatha was talking about but obviously destiny can be changed or however you (laughs) um Mm -hmm. however you believe in that i don't know how the mcu uh takes stance on that but um it is possible though that through the dark hold and through which by the way not a good book (laughs) this is not the bible ladies and gentlemen uh uh, (laughs) you know it's not people don't point to that and be like oh this is a this is a good read you know you're gonna get some great morality from this thing I assume mm-hmm. that will taint her uh, personality in some aspect or, or another, and I could see this being a tease at, at Wanda going up to Strange and being like, hey, talk to me about the multiverse. Strange being like, okay, here's all the information you need, need to know. You can't do anything with it. Um, I'm supposed to be the guardian of whatever we're supposed to be the guardian of, and like you right. cannot tamper with the multiverse, and I could see that being a tension between the two. And Wanda eventually going against his wishes and tapping into the multiverse and trying to uh, reach out to uh, Billy and Tommy. Yeah, I think that's a really solid prediction. I could see that absolutely boo it happens. So, yeah, but I, I, for as long as possible, I want to be on the side of of Wanda. Um, and I think even if she does become a villain, there will always be that sentiment of siding with her. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because, like, if Strange is going to be like, no, you can't do this, then she could just be like, okay, then why do you rewind time a million times? You know, like... Right. There's absolutely that 
uh, support for her that I think will be lasting for a long time. Um, but that's WandaVision. Do you so. you want to rank this thing? Ooh, okay. So I, I'll throw this in with the previous Excelsior ranking. Same. Because I... It's been a long time since I did that ranking. I look at that ranking and I scoff at it. <laughs> so, at my um, yeah. Let's see here. Because so my top five right now. Mm-hmm. We should. This is going to the top five. Let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. Is Civil War at number one, Endgame at two, Infinite. This is preliminary. Infinity War at three, Winter Soldier at four, and Homecoming at five. And for WandaVision, I think I would put that at number five. So below Winter Soldier and above Homecoming. I think for me, like as an overview, I don't think the finale was my favorite. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think overall this was the best personal look at a character we've seen in the MCU. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it was the most emotionally resonant for me. And... I think it was on all aspects, like it was an incredible production and the fact of every episode was a different style. I think the acting was uh, probably the best acting we've ever seen in the MCU. And I know people are discussing possible awards for the actors. And I think that's Mm -hmm. entirely justified. Um, And yeah, overall, I think this was by far the most unique um, MCU project and uh, I adored it. So easy top five. Sure. Um, it's difficult because I know this top five as it stands would should not be this. So like yeah. I don't know like how accurate it would be to place it. But if I can do a slapdash thing, it's like okay. So Guardians two is at number five right now for me. This was where we left off when we did our review of the MCU. Guardians mm-hmm. is at number five, volume two. Number four is Homecoming. Three is Far From Home. Two is Endgame, and one is Winter Soldier. Um, if I was doing this strictly based off of this ranking i'd probably put it at number four so above guardians volume two yes so it would be the new top five would be homecoming wandavision far from home and game and winter soldier but i can tell you right now i think i probably like what i got out of this pound for pound maybe more than far from home mm-hmm and maybe Endgame to a certain degree. I have to rewatch Endgame. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Um. But. I think you're probably also doing a new ranking as you go along, mm-hmm. timeline order. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm doing the same. I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like I said earlier in the episode. I'm going back just Iron Man forward, and I'm ranking so far. Um. That'll be fun to discuss our new rankings because I think mine is already different. Uh. I don't oh, want to look yeah, too dude. much. I don't want to look too much at this list. I only looked at my top five. I don't want to be yeah. influenced in any way. But mine's already different. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth it too because, you know, as we go on with the show, obviously like Avengers week to week, but also we have new MCU content, so we're gonna have to rank Falcon. We're gonna have to rank Loki, Black Widow. So like, I want to have an up to date how I really feel about the MCU this year to place these moving forward. So. Same. Yeah. Well, um, that is going to do it for the end of WandaVision, the end of the series. I am looking forward to Winter Soldier in two weeks. But Jack, until then, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? 
Sure, you can follow me on social media at FascinatedJack. Uh, Christian and I have a Pokemon podcast called My First Mon. Uh, we're closing in on the Elite Four, so if you like Pokemon, um, you can join us on uh, My First Mon on JoyClix. How about you, Christian? Sure, you can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. If you want Marvel TikToks, we got those up plenty on my page. Uh, at Chun2D2, C-H-U-N, number two, D, number two. Uh, this show is available on youtube.com slash joyclicks for the video version alongside all of our other podcasts in playlist form. Uh, we also have a Metal Gear playthrough podcast. We are approaching the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 right now. That's a big favorite amongst the group. So uh, you can check that out as well in its individual playlist. But this show is available in audio 